I used to wear a post shower beanie that had a brim on it because it was 2002. <laughs> yeah, I would wear one of those too. Yeah, sometimes you just got to mash it down and dry it out and fluff it up and pump it out, get it in shape. Because what would your hair look like if you didn't put that hat on? Oh my god, let me show you, fellas. Okay, so here's the Poof Master Flex coming at you, boys. Ever heard of Kramer? He's my great-great-uncle, but I got all them hairs. We get it. You both have hair. <laughs> Everyone's really jealous of you because you have hair, all right? Jeez, come on, you guys! <laughs> it's not all it's chalked up to me, I tell you what. So this is going to be pretty challenging. It's important for us to pause for a moment. Okay. Life pile. This is Life Pile Podcast, the only podcast that's a sign of the times. I'm lifestylist and lifestyle expert Camden Johnson. I'm the intern writing all of Area 51's tweets and Facebook statuses, Dylan Bergassa. Stinging like a paper cut, it's Ryland. Life Pile Podcast is the podcast for people who don't let facts get in between them and the lifestyle section. Every week we give you lifestyle tips and then review some of the hottest lifestyles there are to live. As we go on, we remember... All, All the, the times we, we had together. Y'all. What? It's the final pride tip. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I get it now. It's the end. It's the end of the line. It's the end of pride Pridestragavanza? Pride, pride I'm trying to mix pride and extravaganza together, and it's really hard. We could try Pride-a-Palooza. Ooh. <sighs> How about Extravaganza? pride a Ex- extravaganza sounds like a gym benefit everybody gets which is a ripped. specific section of pride there are probably a lot of uh lesbian bodybuilders who would appreciate gains of palooza gains of palooza i'm just i'm just glad we're not graduating after that song because i was like oh god what am i gonna do in the real world <laughs> well by the time this episode airs uh all the pride festivities will be mostly behind us but this one's a doozy and it is with great joy and pride oh. that I bring you all here today to announce that food is gay culture. And that's right, folks. So food is for the gays and gays only. And if you're out there eating and drinking, I got news for you, pal. <laughs> As in the case with a lot of festivals, pride festivals are a great place to hit up a funnel cake or a corn dog or a bucket of street side stir fry or a chili dog or maybe a portable bathroom. But gays know how to do it up right. And we're talking the most cutting edge innovations in food portability food design like you know it was like a stroke of lesbian genius that we eat turkey legs at festivals yeah and you know there was like some trans girl sitting at home that was like you know we could put this rosé into cans and bring it everywhere and i'm not really sure how but i'm pretty sure dippin dots is bisexual culture i don't know it just seems right it's a little bit of cold a little bit of dots (laughs) a little bit of the present a little bit of the future (laughs) like i said 
Pride will be mostly done by the time this airs. But I want to retroactively just wish for our listeners that anyone who tried to go to brunch on Pride weekend wore all the necessary knee and elbow pads because gays can brunch like nobody's fucking business. And in the case of brunch apocalypse, it's going to be absolutely buck wild and novices should not attend. So do that food right. I love this. I think this is totally true. I think Martha Stewart, definite lesbian. So... You're right on the money with this one. Have you seen Young Martha? What? When? She, what? Oh. <laughs> what this? What's Young Martha? Ryland, Ryland, Google Young Martha. Ryland and all of our viewers, Google Young Martha Stewart. She was one thick mama. What? Go ahead and, and I mean do, that a, in the do a Martha Google and then do a thank you, Georgia. Thank you. How George. old was she when she slept with Snoop Dogg? Um, well, that is not canon, and you made that up. What? No, you just no. said she was a lesbian. She slept with Snoop Dogg in order to get the insider trading tips. Everybody knows how it went down. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, noted lesbian and stock guru. How can Martha Stewart be this old? All these pictures are black and white, and she's like an adult in them. I don't understand. We have black and white photography now, Ryland. Yeah, but they're all from different times. It's like these are the only black and white photos that exist of her. She's walking in the street. She's like they're all black and white. How old is this woman? Ryland gets so confused when he sees my old MySpace page because he's like, I thought we were the same age, but this is photos in black and white. Uh, that's how fashion photography is you shoot on film you get that nice film grain ryland it's not like when martha stewart was in her modeling days some guy was like all right now i'm gonna put the curtain over my head and now just stand clear of the flash blast (laughs) martha you're gonna love this daguerreotype My favorite one is her standing in front of a rock wall and there's a cow, the cow poking its head out. Oh my yes, God. Yes, yes, now yes, that yes. That is hot. Once again, LifePile, the only podcast that relies on visual assets to convey a story. <laughs> hey, they know, our listeners know how to use Google. Come on, Google uh, it. Martha Stewart Young. I just hate Young. the idea that people have to listen to this show and have like an iPad on hand to be like, all right, what fucking video do I need to look up now? Martha Stewart age. Wait, what? This says Martha Stewart is 93 and she died. (laughs) (laughs) Worst possible timeline. Oh, no. So, Dylan, just to make sure I have the tip figured out, you're trying to say last pride tip of pride month. Mm -hmm. If you're a homophobe, a homophobe, if you're a homophobe, starve yourself. That's the tip. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's like kind of like a blanket, like year round tip yeah. that I have. <laughs> Don't like gays, can't like food, can't eat food. So learn to love or learn to punch new holes in your belt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Love is love. Love is food. Gays are food. Eat a gay person? No, don't do that. <laughs> Unless they want you to. Unless they want to get eated. Yes. Love is love. Gay love <laughs> is love. <laughs> Food is love. Food is gay. Mm-hmm. Soup is food. Soup is hot. <laughs> gays are hot soup. Don't be a homophobe. Blow gays. Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, yeah. I feel like we just came up with 40 hashtags for like Wells Fargo or something to be like soup is gay. Gay soup. <laughs> soup with pride. Connect. Vo- speak your truth. Your true hot gay soup. 
Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> Your true hot gay soup. <laughs> all right, everyone. Then, uh, if you do want to interact with Life Pile Podcast, by the way, we do have all of our social accounts. Please tweet with the hashtag. What was it, Cam? Your hot gay truth soup. <laughs> your hot gay soup. <laughs> hashtag your hot gay soup. At Life Pile Show. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, Dylan sure has kindled a passion in my heart for uh, Pride Month and Pride Life. So hats mm. off to Dylan and, and in honor, I have a bit of a gay pride lifestyle tip for everybody this week. Mm. This week's lifestyle tip from Camden Johnson is a tip to watch. A little something to fill your watching hours with. It's very big. Everybody's popular in it. So I'm probably the last person telling you this. But if you have not gotten into the Star Trek remake, you uh. got to start watching it. Like it's the super movies. gay. No, 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 no. The Netflix Star Trek series no, remake that's not reproduced. No, that doesn't exist. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. not on Netflix, no, though, is it? Yeah, no. You guys, it's produced by Netflix. It's called Star Trek Queer Eye. God damn oh it. Gosh. And it reprises Captain Picard. He's back in the mix. Oh, my God. And it's, you know, it's a brave new take on the series because he is on one of those undercover missions to Earth. They're in Georgia, and it's Captain Picard and four of his crewmates on an away mission. Um, <laughs> and it is compelling. It's fascinating. The sci-fi technology in there will blow your mind. And it's also very gay. It's super gay for Star Trek. So I highly recommend it. Everybody should watch it. Star Trek Quirai on Netflix. I think Quirai is like the name of the time portal they oh, fell through or whatever. Like, yeah. they, it's, it's, it's one of those they throw you in media rest and you kind of figure it out as you go. Right, right. I, I, okay, so now this is starting to sound familiar and I do think each of the crew members has like a special talent and a very like Power Rangers-esque turn of events. Everyone's got like a specialty. Do you know what Captain Kirk's specialty is, Cam? Yeah, Dylan, every member of the crew has his own specialty. So, uh -huh. like, you know, you have the doctor, Bobby Bursk, who's like, God damn it, I'm a doctor. Let me teach you how to make an artichoke, you know? And uh, there's okay. Jonathan Vanis is the ship's counselor. Uh -huh. um, kind of the replacer of... Uh, Who's her face with the curly hair? Uhura. And of course, you know, Captain Picard, his undercover name is Karamo. Uh, I guess not to freak the minds of the people on this primitive planet. But he's, you know, he's the captain. He's the moral compass of the uh, crew. And when they mm. fall into hard times, he kind of comes in and leads them. Mm -hmm. Which is the one with mm -hmm. the long hair? That's that's the counselor. That's, that's Anthony. Venice. <laughs> Venice. Okay. Counselor uh, Venice. Is it wrong of me to hate him for just his hair because i hate that hair yes it is here's the thing he's lovable he's perfect he's so much fun to be around i hate that hair so much probably because it's the same hair of a unwanted roommate i once had who mm. a roommate who was forced upon me who destroyed the toilets in the house i lived in and so when i see that hair all i can think of is the toilets that were destroyed by that other person uh cam no. if you had a problem with my hair back then you should have just told me okay <laughs> i'm learning i'm learning to be more open about talking about my needs Oh, we Thank can't you. use this. What if we lose it? Um, yeah, it is wrong. It is wrong to. He's got better hair than you will ever have in your Fuck life, right? No, no that is not true. If I grew out my stupid ass hair and wanted to look that fucking stupid, I could. Okay, <laughs> but it looks stupid. <sighs> 
here's the thing is it's it's a it's a real white elephant because it does for what it is it does look amazing it is very well groomed it is very well taken care of yeah but you don't need that jaguar on your backyard no matter how well you're taking care of it you don't need i mean like a white elephant you know, a white elephant is a gift that is more expensive <laughs> to maintain than it is worth having. What advice have you gleaned from Star Trek Queer Eye? Because there, there have been like a couple little nuggets that I have like leached to and cherished so much. Starting with pomade at the back of your head and working forward. That's a big one. The French tuck. Obviously, everyone is talking about that hot, hot French tuck. Mm-hmm. What Do you guys have favorite tippies? I think my number one is switching the polarity. Oh. Yeah, my favorite one is when they switch the polarity. Because you'd see it all the time through all the old Star Treks. You know, anytime there's a problem with the shields, it's like, well, just flip the polarities, you know? Right. And in this show, they kind of take that old sci-fi trope, but they mix it up a little bit. Because they'll be mm-hmm. hanging out with a Georgian guy who isn't taking very good care of himself and they're like, Vanessa, switch the polarities. Take the things he's not doing enough and increase them and take the things he's doing too much and decrease them. Yes, yeah. And then once that polarity has been switched and the blast zone kind of like we can all regain our hearing again and like the flash has gone back down. We look at the guy standing there and his beard's a little bit trimmed, isn't it? Yeah. And those sci-fi special effects they have going on on that show are insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Again, because of crew member Van Ness. Yeah, I mean, crew member Vanessa does some amazing work, and you start out... Because it's one of those ones where sometimes on a Star Trek episode, they'll do, like, moral puzzles, moral conjuries, philosophical questions, and then sometimes they do a Monster of the Week. And I love those Monster of the Week episodes where you open up on a real <laughs> monstrous-looking alien, and they think it's scary at first, but then they get to know each other, and the monster alien turns into a hot moon princess. See, and everyone's like, these. you guys know how these fucking Trekkies are. They're like, which crew member are you? Like, who are you going to cosplay as at the next mm-hmm. con? Like, which one are you? I'm such a this, and you're like, you're such a Kirk. And I'm like, I identify with the Monster of the Week every week every single time i'm like this is me yeah i am like i'm a sweat-stained monster with a specifically dedicated like jacking off recliner in his living room with (laughs) like a grease shape it was just for relaxing okay (laughs) yeah sure 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 sure. with like a bag of my own pubes in the corner of my bedroom like i am hey i am the monster that was just for huffing okay (laughs) what you got a problem That's so disgusting. Okay, I have a tip. Uh, okay, but I'm going to get real, okay? I oh, usually no. do on this show. I'm a real guy, and mm-hmm. I thought I would use my reach over hundreds of thousands of people to spread a message that it, everybody knows this message, but I, it bears repeating, okay? And this is serious. I'm not joking about this. Fuck Chris Brown. I fucking hate that piece of shit, okay? Yeah. Because there's a song right now that's playing on the radio and it features him prominently and people are like, oh, isn't this funny? Oh, I love this song. As if they forgot what happened. That fucker had an opportunity to be famous and he squandered it and he doesn't deserve a second chance. You don't get second chances at being famous. That's a fucking privilege and you won the lotto. You don't win it again. Okay, so if you like Chris Brown... Just stop it. You've He's a piece of shit. You know what he did, okay? If you don't, Google it, because it's true, okay? So, fuck Chris Brown. Thank you very much. That's my hot Rylan seg. Woo! Scalding hot. 
boiling oolong. This yeah. is steaming Earl Grey. Cam, your uh, pores are so open now. I love it. Well, this is, uh, I don't know why I'm treating this like it's a hot take because I like very agree. And I think a lot of people really agree. I would also venture to say like, is this a second chance or is this like a seventh chance? Oh, because yeah. Because he like will not stop doing like garbage shit trash. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's disgusting to me. And I know everybody knows this, but to get it in recording format for 100,000 people to listen to, it just bears repeating, dog. It's like, hey, how about we don't give children guns? How about we stop listening to Chris Brown? Life Pile has a point of view now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, y'all. Let's take a trip back to friendlier times, to better days, to sunnier moments. Because, you know, at, like Ryland was just saying, sometimes, no, maybe I shouldn't loop this, but maybe every, you know, maybe every segment doesn't need to be related to the thing that was just said before, <laughs> no, it especially when it we didn't to. plan for to them be. to be related <laughs> to each other, you know? Corporations bring joy into the world it's an unfortunate truth, but think of of the things that you love. Reba McIntyre, she was created by a corporation. Your iPod that you love so much. Why do I keep talking about iPods like people have them? Your iPhone device, your, your favorite plants, your favorite Chipotle burritos. They all came out of a corporation's whoop. And they birthed it and gave it to you. Here, how, how you go. Here's they your lunch. They are people, aren't they? Corporations are people that give birth. <laughs> but some of those babies, god damn, I didn't think this through. Some of those babies <laughs> get sent to a, to, to a farm somewhere where uh, we don't get to spend time with them anymore. And I just want to revisit some of those babies that have been taken away from us. Hmm. Jesus Christ, Dylan. <laughs> Here are some products that no longer exist because the corporations who created them decided they didn't want to make them anymore. The first one, Captain Crunch Ship Shake. Y'all heard of this? No. No. Ship Shake? (laughs) Ship Shake, baby. In 1966, Quaker Oats decided that the world really wanted a Captain Crunch that didn't crunch at all. And the result was a Captain Crunch Ship Shake, a pureed mix of breakfast delight. No. Ew. So Quaker Oats tried to say that when mixes directed, it was as healthy as a bowl of oatmeal. And wanted parents to like give kids essentially like breakfast shakes instead of cereal in the morning captain crunch ship shake what do people hate about cereal when it doesn't get soggy people hate crunchy cereal if only the whole cereal could be soggy all the way through so soggy it has no individual form as any kind of flake yeah yeah. Did they include shards of glass in it to replicate that Captain Crunch <laughs> feeling? <laughs> that classic Captain <laughs> Crunch brand where it just slices up your mouth into a million pieces? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think it was just like flavor milk. Ugh. Well, you're wasting my time. Real quick, but actually long sidebar, you guys. I like the ship shake is great. It's whatever. But then I fell down this rabbit hole of Captain Crunch lore. 
really quick, I just have to I have to tell you guys everything I know about Horatio Magellan Crunch. He captains a ship called the Guppy. He was born on Crunch Island in the Sea of Milk, a magical place where talking trees, crazy <gasps> creatures, and a whole mountain named Mount Crushmore is made out of Captain Crunch cereal. There is uh, this Napoleon-style hat that he wears uh, that gives people some speculation that he may be French. <gasps> he could be. Fucking get this. Horatio Crunch, this is canon, has a perfect IQ of 200. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the original commercials used to say it's got corn for crunch oats for punch and stays crunchy even in milk which is true i think you it's a trade-off you either get soggy cereal or you get cereal that's made of knives and captain crunch has decided to be the latter the most buck wild captain crunch fact of all in 2013, the Wall Street Journal and Washington Times broke this story that if you look at Captain Crunch closely, he has those three stripes on his uniform that indicate the rank of commander, not the four needed on a uniform to indicate that you are a captain. So what the fuck? Well, it's pretty obvious that he is the leader of a mutiny. Captain Crunch, Commander Crunch, as he used to be, rose up against the original captain of the ship, Captain Soggy. Because Captain Soggy was pushing the men too hard, making them soggy. And a Uh mutiny happened. Which um, is why children are always trying to find Captain Crunch, because that is... A capital offense mutiny. Now, is that a thing? Are people like, because that's a common deal with cereal mascots is like the children who eat the cereal are always like, where's the leprechaun? Or like that rabbit's got the sugar that we want. Kill the Dracula. Yeah. (laughs) Is that what they say? Yeah. Count Dracula. Stake him in the heart. (laughs) I just, when will we have a, a serial mascot who's not being persecuted for something, you know? It's oh, I don't think tragic. humanity will ever be evolved enough. Well, but they, they come from an alternate reality where the ocean is made of milk, okay? If if humans were raised on an earth where water was milk, we would all be that crazy trying to kill these cartoons <laughs> all the time. That's that's our butterfly effect. Uh, like, oh, what if we just... We changed this one thing. How do milk seas make crazy children? Crazy mascot hunting children. But no, I don't want to go down that lane because there's a much more interesting thing that we skipped over. Okay. Ship shake. Ship shake. One of the number one of the world's cereal manufacturers with one of the number one cereal products comes out with the dumbest idea you ever heard of. If you think that they're just being dumb and making a mistake. You got another thing coming. Okay. <gasps> I.E. I present to you one Crystal Coke. Do you guys remember Clear Coke? No. You don't. Okay. So in the 80s, Coke came out with new Coke. And Coke was no longer brown. Now it was clear. Like Sprite. And it tasted really, really bad. And sales went down big old time. And people think, wow, how dumb is Coca-Cola that they thought this stupid product would work when it obviously was going to fail from the start? Hey, you fell for the trick, buddy. They wanted you to think that they were idiots. Because here's what was really going on. They used to be making their Coke with pure cane sugar. Tastes so sweet. Mm, Tastes so good. They wanted to replace it with cheaper corn sugar. Super cheap. Very addictive. 
kill your customers. It's a great way to make money, right? But you can't just make your Coke taste bad all of a sudden. So what do you do? You release the dumbest, worst product ever in its place. It's so bad and people hate it so much that they want old Coke. And when you finally bring old Coke back... They're so happy they got it back, they don't even notice that you've swapped out the cane sugar for corn syrup. Now, Ken, do you want me to believe that they were making these really expensive, luxury, not cost-efficient fluff pillow Captain Crunch cereal kernels in the early 50s? And then they were like, you know, it'd be a lot cheaper to make these out of razor blades. So what if we put out a ship shake? And do the old bait switch. Yeah. Dylan, why else do you think that one of the top cereal sales companies in the world somehow manages to get everyone to buy knives in a box of cereal? Okay? Because it used to be delicious. They made ship shake. All of the children were vomiting on the school buses on the way to school. When they finally (laughs) brought back Captain Crunch, now when made with knives, people were too happy about the shape shake being gone to even notice. Before we get any correction emails... to lifepile show at gmail.com. Uh, I do want to note, Cam, no, new Coke was not clear. It was just a brown Coke. He was saying crystal Coke. Crystal Pepsi was a thing. Uh, there was never a crystal Coke. So just got to clear the air. I know my sodas. I know my sodas. I'm a soda historian. So, yeah, well, agree to disagree. <laughs> While I was researching this segment, I found out about, have you guys heard of like OK Soda or OK Coke? Yeah, of course. No. <laughs> okay, cool. I like that maximum two of us have heard of something on this podcast, so someone can always be the <laughs> avatar. Uh, it was this counterculture soda invented by the Coke brand in order to capture like disillusioned Gen Xers. So it was like all these Coke cans were designed by these comic book artists and like graphic novel artists. They even did like like anti ads like saying like negative things about the product to appeal to young people. And honestly like I'm kind of stupid. I mean I'm really (laughs) stupid because that would definitely work on me. I'd be like oh my god they're dissing their own product i gotta try it i gotta i gotta get this in me somehow so. well good news for you ryland because on craigslist.com they still got a few <laughs> cans of okay soda left and they go for about 50 dollars a pop okay i'm heading there right now <laughs> 50 dollars a pop ah! all right uh well i wonder if that was the case with some of these other products uh cam's uh bait switch conspiracy theory the next one i've got is zippo lighter perfume oh there was women's perfume that came in a lighter shaped bottle the scent was called zippo the woman which sounds like the name (laughs) of someone who works at a carnival watch the amazing burning woman zippo the lady amazes then Bic lighters came out with their own lighter shaped perfume after that. Are you serious? They they made 16 fragrances in 1985 that were sold for 99 cents in gas stations. And somehow they did not do very well. I don't know what the deal was there. So Zippo lighter perfume and Bic lighter perfume both went under. I love these. I'm surprised they didn't catch on because, I mean, I still wear perfume that's made by Shell. Oh, Cam. Uh, it's called gasoline. No. And uh, I go down to the station <laughs> and I pull out the pump and I kind of just, you spray, uh-huh. you wait, and then you sachet. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it gets that nice smell that people love. I don't know that it does. I, are you like the, taking the middle school approach cam where like a can of Axe is a substitute for a shower? You just go down to the Shell station and get your perfume every morning? You don't need to shower. Yeah, that's the whole point. Because I got, I, I put my Shell on. Gasolon by Shell. Wasn't that the, the logo for Axe? You don't need a shower. <laughs> the slogan? Slogan. <laughs> that would explain so much. <laughs> this next one... You know, this next one kind of has to do with the thing that we just said, you guys. Let me go ahead and tie these two together. There was this company called Lotta Love Lip Balm. They specialize in making lip balms that taste like different foods. And in 2005, they released this flavor and then discontinued it before the end of 2005. They made a lip balm that was Cheetos flavored. (gasps) (laughs) Oh my god, I love this because you could just put it on anything. You could put it on a chicken that you're about to eat. No, it's not seasoning. Ryland is supposed to be chapstick. It would not be good. You can't make food flavored chapstick and then not put it on a chicken. Come on. Wait, Ryland's onto something here. He just invented the glue stick of spice. No. This might actually be something here. <laughs> you take your glue stick, your, your spice glue stick, and you rub it across your raw chicken breast. No. And then you take that same spice glue stick, and now you rub it over your raw vegetables, and now they have no. a nice seasoning. And then you take yes. that same chicken and vegetable juice covered spice glue stick, and you just rub it across your tongue, because it looks so mm. tasty. Mm. No. And also, nobody has tongue balm. That's, there's no, like, <laughs> tongue gloss uh when you want that shiny tongue look that that all the young girls have the customer reviews on cheetos lip balm describe it as a tube of moldy cheese scent okay that's gross yeah it kind of paled in comparison to some of this uh, this brand's got other deals with other like snack companies that make sense they've got like bubble yum flavored or bubblicious flavored lip balm it's Mm. like yeah 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 sign me up baby spice Here's the problem. And it's a pretty obvious problem. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted Cheeto lip balm. Everybody wanted flaming Cheeto lip balm. Oh. Missed the mark. Missed the, the mark. mark by just this much. I am going to once again provide you guys with a visual example for you to see my next product. I'm going to go ahead and slide this in the chat. In 2008, the Hershey's company decided to market these breath mints that came in the form of dissolvable little packets that melt in your mouth and release a powdery xylitol flavoring inside. Is it supposed to look like a condom? They were supposed to look like mints from the future, (laughs) and it very quickly became known around law enforcement as mints that looked exactly like little bags of cocaine that were marketing to children. Oh, (laughs) And so they immediately discontinued them because they just had these little baggies of white powder that kids were trading with each other at school. Mm-hmm. See, this suddenly explains why y'all remember when I released that line of gums that were all served in medical syringes. Ugh. Suddenly it's occurring to me why we could never capture the youth market. <laughs> Because the parents didn't want to spend money on the heroin needle gum. Now, Cam has touched on something earlier in this segment that I I do see potential for maybe more than Ryland's seasoning deodorant. 
I think we've all made out with someone who just had kind of the wrong tongue action. And I'm wondering if tongue gloss is the solution <laughs> to kind of lube up that person's oh, tongue to get no. it going just right. No. Yeah, I'm thinking if they're a little too thrusty and lusty with it, it's turning into like an arm wrestling challenge Dylan. that maybe the right amount of tongue gloss could make it into no, just a sexy jello wrestling. Imagine this. Imagine a slippery tongue inside of your mouth that doesn't oh, belong to you. Yeah. It's like a, an octopus Wait, tentacle. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like slipping tentacle, all around your cheeks and oh wrapping around yeah. your tongue and slipping off. Here's the thing. I think most people who are bad at kissing have a misunderstanding of what role the tongue plays and to what degree it plays that. And -hmm. if you start marketing them knee pads for your tongue and glosses for your tongue and lubricants, (laughs) sport lubricants for your tongue, I think it's going to deepen this misunderstanding they have about what the tongue do. (laughs) I I think I, I disagree. I think I think Frenching has just reached a plateau and we haven't came up with any good Frenching techniques and what it's missing is accessories. You know those little pencil toppers where you put the little gel thing on it and it's got the little monster with like big googly eyes and little arms that yeah. stick out and they're made out of gel. What you're put gonna one put of those this on your on tongue? Your tongue. <laughs> and then have them put one of those on their tongue and it's like two you have a little fight in someone's mm. mouth. You know? Okay. I like this. I like that. But a slippery tongue in my mouth, get it out, get it out, get it out. So before you make out with someone, Ryland, do you make them just like stick their tongue out and get a bunch of wads of toilet paper and paper (laughs) towels and just dry (laughs) off their entire tongue? Like, no, 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 that you better wipe off your tongue at the door before you come in my house. My my mouth house. There's a difference between a tongue with saliva on it and a tongue covered in petroleum jelly. (laughs) Like that one I can grab hold of with my hand. The other one, it's like a pig in a barn in the mud. No, you want to grab a hold of your partner's (laughs) tongue with your hand during a makeout? No, no, no. I mean, you're doing it wrong, bud. (laughs) Hey. Hey, I know how to kiss, okay? Can you imagine you're kissing Ryland and all of a sudden he just snatches your tongue? He's like, yeah. Yeah. now I am the master. Oh my god, is Ryland one of those bad maker-outers? No! Uh-oh. I mean, I don't know. I've never made out with myself. However, that was just a demonstration of how they're different, okay? I don't grab people's tongues and then start playing them like a guitar. That's definitely not what I do. He just grabs them and he holds on to them. Have you guys ever had someone bite your tongue mid-make out and hold on to it? Ew, no. I think I we gave it an attempt. It sounds bad, doesn't it? Yeah. It does? What are you going to say? I'm just saying, <laughs> what if they couldn't bite it and hold on to it because you had a glossy oh. tongue? So much okay. tongue gla- gloss. We could sell it in all these different flavors. Cocaine, Zippo the Woman, Ooh. Cheetos. Ooh. You guys... <laughs> We're going to market it under the name <laughs> Liquor Lacquer. Oh, Lacquer fuck. your liquor. That's it. Okay, can we stop recording really quick? Because I just need to go to the patent office. <laughs> run! Run to the patent office! Run, run. You, you guys, do you have any... Did I, I know I missed a lot. I really just did a cursory dip into some of the products of Days of Yore. Do you wish we could go back to some of these times when we had, like, say, purple ketchup? Or... Oh, um, my, oh thank you for reminding me. Here's the thing, right? Dylan, this is what you've made me realize, is that we've been hoodwinked. 
and every one of these awful dumb products that were discontinued represents a better version of that product that used to exist and they only created this bad product to hide the fact that they were getting rid of their good product so what is the world of delicious non-harmful crunchy cereals we're missing out on what kind of uh sodas have disappeared from the like did you know here's a perfect example they did the same thing with bananas the bananas you eat these days aren't as good as the old bananas Okay, continue. Tell me why. They replaced old banana with new recipe banana. Okay? Here's... Let me tell you about bananas, Dylan. Okay? So, bananas are a crossbreed between a kind of, like, forest grass... What? And a berry tree. No, that's not true. Yeah, it's a berry tree that produces kind of oblong fruits that are full of seeds and have almost no edible meat. In the fruit, right? So you cross clone breed these banana trees that cross this inedible fruit with this inedible grass almost, and it produces these long bananas full of delicious banana meat to eat. But you can only make it by cloning, and it's not able, it's like a mule. It's not able to produce its own children. And we used to enjoy worldwide the breed of banana known as the Big Mike. And the Big Mike tasted like candy what like sweet delicious candy which is why they used to have a banana and a sundae do you ever wonder why they snuck a freaking vegetable into a dessert well it's because back in the day bananas tasted sweet like candy all right but in the 19 late 1940s early 1950s this fungus started uh, killing all the bananas and the big mike peel wasn't thick enough to survive So the world market switched to the Vietnamese Cavendish clone of the banana, which has a thicker peel so it won't die. So the big man can save some money. And it also tastes like hot garbage compared to the real old good bananas. Um, I'm sorry. Are you an anti-nanner? I'm a nanner truther. Okay. Uh, I say bring back the big Mike. No. Do big Mikes exist anywhere in the world? There are like a few, very few living examples of it left in the planet there's a few on craigslist that you can buy right now for 50 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah they i've heard this and i heard that runts the banana in runts tasted like old bananas so you that's know how like ask. they're so sweet and taste like shit that's what bananas used to taste like and i'm so glad they don't anymore thank you did the same fate befall blue raspberries because like I, we've all we we all know the search for the lost it's like Atlantis like where are these blue raspberries that we've all been hearing about our whole lives are the 1% the only ones who can dine on blue raspberries proper and the rest of us plebes have to suck them out of go-gurts yeah they oh. uh, they eat blue raspberries while they watch uh, YouTube compilations of people uh, trampling each other to death during Black Friday sales <sighs> must be nice yeah all right products of your you guys i'm gonna say that's a world i want to be a part of it's a live it for me one of my favorite memories in life was drinking a mountain dew world of warcraft edition what? it was horde red it came out in 2007 and they haven't <laughs> brought it back since and that i mean they've they've brought back different flavors that sort of taste like it but nothing quite as good as floating down the river drinking a horde red mountain dew that's not code red my friends horde 
red. Okay. So I'm definitely going to have to live it. Live it for the horde. Yeah. I have discovered that every single new product is just a way to trick you so you're not looking while they get rid of all the good old stuff. Uh, so everything was better when I was young. The way things used to be, live it. Hell yeah. Those good old days, live them. Don't mind if I do. I'll do it without the racism, though, and the misogyny. Just the delicious cereal with a big old hunkin' Big Mike on top. I want to put a hunkin' Big Mike on my lubed up tongue. Live it. That's what Cam said. You heard it here first. Those are his words, everybody. Liquor lacquer up my tongue and get Big Mike down here. I'm ready to live it. (laughs) Y'all, summer is here, which means everyone's got to figure out their summer lifestyles. And one of the number one summer things you're going to have to contend with is the hot dog. And you know when we're talking hot dogs, you can't get your hot dog right until you get your mustard right. Everyone knows at this point you can't be fooling around with some French's mustard, okay? Grey poupon, more like grey poop on it, because no thank you. <laughs> I agree. If you listen to any lifestyling media, you know you're not living unless you are making your own mustards at home. It's simple, easy. Anybody can do it. You get some mustard seeds, you get some vinegar, you wet them up together, you grind them up, and now you're making your own artisan mustards. But... No two mustards are the same, okay? Mm -hmm. And these days, people are fancying up their mustards and really making a statement about your own personality by the way they prepare their mustards. So here's what the new kids are doing these days. You have to raise your mustard seeds in the ambiance that matches your personality, okay? Music, fashion, an ambiance to get the correct flavor of your mustard seeds. So I'm going to go through all three of the lifestylists here, and I want to hear the music you're playing for your mustard seeds, <laughs> the fashion choices you're making to dress your mustard seeds in uh-huh. while they're growing, yeah. and also, what's the room design? What's the style that you're putting your mustard seeds in? So just to kick us off, I've been trying to get a real zazz, a real sweet spice to my mustard seeds. So in my mustard arboretum, I have a nonstop stream playing of baby metal. Have y'all gotten into baby metal? Not personally, but I, I respect those who have. Yeah, well, for those who don't know, baby metal is what happened when the Japanese found out about boy bands and metal music. And they said, what if we made a boy band of three young Japanese girls singing pop music? And a really good Japanese metal band. It's fast, it's pounding, pulsing beats, and a bunch of kawaii vocals on top, which gives me the perfect mix of spice and sweet in my mustard. Mm. Mm. I'm into it. I, I like love it. it. Dylan, what music is your mustard seeds listening to? So I'm going to just get, you know, like a straight up spicy mustard, I think is the direction I'm headed. So it's a no brainer for me. I'm going to put that Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> I want this mustard to be caliente. I want it to have a little bit of a Latin flair to it. I don't know if that exists already. I don't know if Latin mustard is a thing. I feel like 
if I were to go to Mexico, mustard might be met with a lot of disdain. Well, that's fucked up. I don't think any Mexican dishes have mustard as a as an integral part of that. I'm trying to think of like a mustard quesadilla that I could make or a <laughs> mustard burrito or some chili mustard rellenos. That all might be bad. But maybe the river flows the other way and I can get a little bit of my Mexican cuisine pumped into my hot dogs with some Shakira mustard. Yeah, I think the reason you don't see any mustard in Tino cuisine is because no one's made the right mustard yet. Yeah, and that's what I'm about to do. Yeah, and after after this mustard season, everyone's going to have the tart up on their burrito. That sounds so gross. That sounds really gross. DJ Ryland, what tunes are you bumping for your mustard plants? Um, I hate the idea of this. Hate it. Oh, yeah? I like mustard. What I don't like is like, okay, if you want to make your own mustard, that's totally fine. I'm not going to eat it. If you force me to eat it, I'm not going to like it. Okay. What's wrong with everyday Heinz American? Huh? (laughs) Heinz got that tang. It's got exactly what I'm looking for. It's yellow. It's got the coloring, got the texture, got everything I want in a mustard. So what am I going to do with my mustard? I'm just going to fucking play Oscar Mayer Wiener because I think (laughs) that song would turn my mustard into Heinz mustard so that's what I'm gonna play for my fucking mustard because I don't want your watery gross spicy nothing poopy mustard on my mustard get it normal Oscar Mayer wiener okay so you're trying to breed regular mustard is the unique flavor you're trying to go for (laughs) right yes regular mustard is perfect it's so good I used to eat just mustard sandwiches just mustard what are you <laughs> kidding me no two pieces of white bread with mustard in between i loved it ryland warner that is the whitest shit i've ever heard in my natural damn life yeah ew so you you would eat a sandwich made of nothing but mustard and yet a bespoke tailored mustard is what I guess your palate isn't refined enough to enjoy something that you haven't been trained to enjoy by a corporate ploy. What are you eating on the side of that mustard sandwich? <laughs> Just like crayons covered in mayo? <laughs> do you do you know what refined refined palate means? Yeah, that, it is no, not no, this. No, that it means, oh, I've eaten so much shit that I'm used to the flavor of shit in my mouth, and now I guess I like it, okay? Meanwhile, us... That's us, not what that means! Uh, uh, us normal people are like, uh, you know what? Thanks, but I'm gonna have to pass on the shit and just eat the regular food like regular people, okay? I mean, if you want to eat shit, that's fine, but don't try to put that shit in my mouth and then try to tell me it tastes good because i know for a fact it doesn't my brain works oh my god (laughs) i am incensed at this cam can we please move on to the next part of your segment yeah oh my god let's keep it uh, going on so confidence comes from the inside out but it also comes from the outside in which means (laughs) if you want your mustard to have the bravery to taste the profile you want it to be tasting, you gotta get the style, the threads just right. So that's why my mustard plants this season have been wearing a high tide ankle linen pants, those bright white linen pants. Tighten the calf, 
cut off about a midriff with loafers, no socks, and a deep v-neck black tea on all of my mustard plants. It gets them hip, it gets them fresh, and it's that sweet sour. Is the boy next door? Is he starting a tech company? I can't tell, but I want him in my mouth. I love that. I'm going to dress my mustard plant up in a little mariachi outfit because, again, we're going with that spicy mustard Latin flair. Rylan, what kind of buck wild ass thing are you going to say your plant's wearing? Is it just dress like Steve Jobs in some Wrangler jeans and a black turtleneck from Target? Uh, no, you know, uh, back in what year was that? Uh, 2004? Uh, there was this man who he decided, hey, you know what I want to do? I'm going to try to uh, run for president. That man, John Kerry, okay? He's married to a woman. And my mustard is going to be dressed just like that woman. <laughs> what? <laughs> are, are you saying <laughs> that woman, her name, Teresa Hines. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> she is the heiress to the Heinz fortune. No. She knows how to make mustard, make it taste yellow and good. <laughs> okay. She knows what to no. wear. Okay. I'm going to dress my mustard plant up just like Teresa Hines. There's no way. Is that real life? Yes, it's true. True story. God. How did I know it? I'm a genius, that's how. He's a genius yeah. who wants his mustard to taste yellow, he said just now with his <laughs> mouth. What kind of flavor profile are you going for? Yellow. Yellow, I think. Whatever Heinz tells me to do, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Oh, oh yeah, you God. keep putting shit in your mouth and tasting it good. Tasting it good. I am gonna put shit in my mouth and taste it good. I think I think what it is is I have better genes than you guys because your <laughs> mouths are aging at a rate much faster than mine and they need new sensations to tickle your taste buds because I still have a little kid mouth. Ryan's like man I must have great genes and you guys must have really bad genes because you guys keep maturing and I'm still a child. So look how youthful I am. It must be the genes. Uh, My tongue is so totally satisfied with this very normal flavor. I don't need to add anything to it. I'm good. You guys are coming home from work and making yourself a chicken breast or a salad or something. Meanwhile, I'm over here with my overdeveloped brain and palate. I come home, just get a little bit of Clorox and mix it with Pop Rocks in a cup and eat it like yogurt. Y'all keep having to discover things about life. I found everything that was going to be in my life before in the first year of middle school. <laughs> You guys are getting me all wrong. You act like I don't experiment, okay? Just this morning, I added one of my favorite things to add to a recipe. I was making some scrambled eggs, Mm -hmm. and what did I put in it? I Mm. cut up a hot dog, and I put it into my scrambled eggs. Oh, my God. I... I need to revise my previous <laughs> statement that you had said the whitest thing I've ever heard uh, because you have done and topped yourself, Ryland. You topped her off. Top of the morning to you. It actually wasn't that great. It could have been better. I believe you. Now just edit that. When he says it wasn't that great, it could have tasted better. Just edit that right after he said French's mustard. Yeah. No. And we'll have this no. segment all wrapped no. up. Do you think I can get Ryland to say whatever I want him to now that we have like a bank of most of the English language on him? Oh yeah, we got him. I will I will go to Twitter. I have hundreds of thousands of followers. They'll they'll know the truth. Final section of the segment. What's the decor? 
for your mustard. <laughs> so in my mustard arboretum, I've gone with kind of a mid-century feel, but with bare woods. Okay, so it is a glass ceiling, but oak floors, mahogany trim. And I've torn away holes through the walls because people uh, are hungry for this mustard because they're like, wow, Cam, the flavor profiles you're making are so complex, so interesting. I can't eat French's mustard anymore because it's so boring and flat. I need your mustard. But there's only enough for a few people, you guys. So uh-uh. I've been having to uh, fend off raiders so i've got a lot of spears stacked around behind big black curtains here's some people don't realize <laughs> curtains aren't just for looking good they also serve a function you can hide spears behind them you can hide crossbows behind oh. them i got a lot of swords hidden behind paintings because it's a non-stop war to defend these mustard plants from hungry hipsters wait cam you you wouldn't need that much security for just some some fancy mustard kim do you have are you hiding big mics in your arboretum are you dylan are you holding all the good the old captain Cr- or do you have the products that dylan have been kept from the lower classes dylan you figured out more than was safe <gasps> turn off your computer <gasps> wait turn off your phone change your clothes wait shave your head. My door don't answer huh? it go out huh? the window okay, you need to okay. run dylan oh, okay because they right. know that you know too much. You've put us all in danger. But before you go, what's your mustard decor like? <laughs> so I'm thinking that my mustard decor is going to be a little bit like those Taco Bells they had in the 90s. I'm talking those turquoise, purple, pink decors. That kind of <gasps> yes. like graphic. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That sweet linoleum feel. Again, just giving it that spicy, authentic Latin flair that Taco Bells in the 90s were known for having. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to be putting my mustard on an island. Uh, Maybe it's an island. I can't really tell. Okay, there's going to be a river going around it. Okay, there's bridges. There's a trolley car going up and down a mountain. I see uh, um, a baseball field here. There's some uh, buildings. Are you just looking at a Heinz advertisement? (laughs) Oh, I'm looking at Pittsburgh. Okay, the birthplace of Henry J. Heinz himself. Oh, my God. This man knows how to make a mustard. (laughs) So we go to Pittsburgh, baby. That's where I'm growing my Heinz mustard. Well, Cam, you gave Ryland every opportunity, right? You gave him the chance to succeed. And what did he do? He bent over backwards (laughs) to give you... The most vanilla mustard. Ooh, you know what? Ew, vanilla no, mustard? No. Do we no. want like a sugary, sweet vanilla? Oh, like a big mustard. mustard. Hello. You could like use in cookies Oh, and you cakes. know what? Actually, this reminds me. I wrote mm. a play once where somebody had to eat a whole uh, jar of mustard once. A whole squeeze bottle of mustard on oh, stage. Oh my god. Jesus. And so we, we put in frosting and food colored it yellow instead. So instead they had to eat a whole thing of frosting, which was more tolerable. That's not much better. Yeah, were you alleviating the problem with that? I don't think that you were. What would you rather have a mouthful, sugar or sour? Big Mike and the liquor lacquer. Here's the thing, Ryland. You know, 
you know how Heinz has the 57 on the labels of all their bottles? Uh, yeah. Well, that 57 actually stands for all of the different products they make because oh. Heinz would, you know, make a condiment or some kind of sauce and he'd realize, oh, I'm really bad at this. I'm going to try again. And he'd try again and he'd make like a mustard or a ketchup. You're like, well, I just cannot figure out how to do this. I'm going to try again. So he just kept trying and trying and trying and it never worked out. But before you know it, he had about 57 failures that he could trick country bumpkins into buying Ryland. Right, yeah, that makes sense. That's why it's a nationwide beloved product, because we're all just dumb, right? Yeah, it's just a whole big, a big, uh, what do you call it? A thing where people agree? Yeah, that's what it is. Definitely, it's one of those. No, it's not. It's just good. You made a sandwich that only had mustard. I want to leave you with that. If I ever have to run against Ryland for office, that will be my attack ad. <laughs> Just one. You only need one. All right. So I've got a lifestyle for you guys. Yeah. Bring it, Ryland. I, I, I like doing these summer segments, okay? Yeah. I like it. Uh, it's summertime, and, and this is another summer seggy, okay? We've been talking about killing Bigfoot. We've been talking about where to get married, the best places. Just kidding. We didn't talk about that, but maybe we should. Uh, <laughs> and a road trip, summer road trip, summer vacation spots, all these things. But you know what summer is good for? Okay, in North America, summer brings out the sun. Should be called sunmer. You guys know what I'm saying? Sunmer. <laughs> <laughs> and that means outdoor activities. So... Ooh. I've got I've got similar okay we we heard some uh uh Dylan's uh favorite things what did we talk about Dylan I I've forgotten but here we're gonna talk about another thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh I wish Ryland cared about me <laughs> and uh so here I've got some extreme sports that you maybe have never heard of but you should try sick <laughs> yeah, yeah bro yeah bro oh, yeah. gnarly hell yeah hell yeah let's get started with some extreme ironing you guys hear about this oh, fuck yeah dude oh fuck yeah dude no i haven't heard oh. of it tell me about it that sounds sick as hell <laughs> okay so like you know how like you're getting ready for like an interview and you're like fuck i gotta like iron this shirt and shit but like i also want to climb up a mountain how about we like put those together let's strap that ironing board to the back of my back and climb up this mountain and then i'm gonna iron my shirt up there man oh yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. this is a real thing that people do they actually just iron in places uh they've ironed in a forest in a canoe while skiing on top of large bronze statues in the middle of the street underwater <laughs> in the middle of underwater that's in the middle real. of a race, like a car race, while parachuting and under the sh the ice sheet of a frozen lake. So. Here's my only problem, Ryland, with extreme ironing is that it's a little oh, passe if you've been living the extreme lifestyle like I have for a while. Because y'all remember I purchased that rig that allows me to carry my tailor on my back with his oh. sewing machine and a dressing room. And I have him compose a suit for me while I climb up a cliff face. That's cute. 
That's cute. Here's my version of extreme ironing. It's just it's called just ironing. It's called the regular <laughs> doing the ironing because every time Ooh, that is pretty tough. It's That's extreme. I I burn myself every time almost somehow. I steam myself because I got one. Of, my mom's got one of those little like skippy skippy like yeah squirty like steamer ones and it's just an all around dangerous process on its own. Do you guys iron? Do you have irons? So I have this mark on my chest. I always tell people <gasps> it's a birthmark because no, it's like no. a perfect arrow pointing up to no, my face. No, no. But really no. I was gonna I was gonna iron a shirt no. while I was still wearing no. it. No. And uh, I just got it real piping hot. And I push it right into my oh. shirt and it left a mark for the rest of my life. Is that real? No. Gotcha. So April Fools. Dumb. April Fools. You mustard eating bitch. You tricked me into caring about you. Yeah, here's my thing. Is I was like, this is the guy who we're listening to about mustard. We're going to listen to this guy's opinion about mustard. Okay. <sighs> I tell you, I don't iron because my body is like a walking steam mm. press. Mm. I'm very hot all the time. I'm very moist all the time. Mm. And I'm constantly exerting an outward pressure on my clothes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like wrinkles don't last long. That's yeah, true. That's what makes Cam and I's friendship so symbiotic because I am a little chilly skeleton and if I <laughs> leech to Cam like a barnacle, I can bring myself to room temperature. That's barely. really cute. You guys are the yin and yang of hot and cold, and you've, I've seen I see dots of you and both of each other. Uh, that reminds me of my next sport. <laughs> uh, Cam- Why can you not bring up the yin and yang without talking about the dots? What is it about you and the dots and the yin and the yang? That's my favorite part is the dots. Like They're not just hugging each other. They're literally inside of each other with those dots. Just like Cam and I Dylan. Just- <laughs> Right. I just imagine you in like middle school or high school when you bought a yin and yang necklace and you're showing it to your like girlfriend. You're like, yeah, check out this necklace. It's a yin and yang. And then the the dots are in each other. Like, I know you already said it was a yin and yang. Okay. So, um, but Cam, you almost touched on uh, this next sport uh, because you talked about wearing or carrying a tailor on your back. This next sport is wife carrying. Okay. Hmm. So it's a race where married couples, uh, they have to go through an obstacle course while the husband is carrying the wife. He can carry her any way he wants, like a baby, like a fireman, like a dog, like a cat. And there, there are obstacles like hay bales and logs, and a water obstacle. Always a water obstacle. It's a meter deep. You got to carry this person through. And yeah, so it, it seems pretty cool. Now, you breezed right past it, almost as if you were running <laughs> through an obstacle course trying to do a speed run. But how would I carry my wife? As a dog or a cat? <laughs> well, okay, as a cat, that's easy. You gotta, you gotta. Put one arm under their armpits and the other like closer to their hips, oh. so because they can't get the claws on you as easily, and you're you're carrying it like that, and their their limbs are just hanging straight down. That's the safest oh. way to carry a cat. 
to carry it like a dog. Yeah, in your teeth, you grab the back of their neck, just like you were thinking maybe for the kitten. You just bite into the back of their neck and carry it like a puppy. That's and a lot of the contestants do it that way. They find uh, that's the most effective way of yeah, carrying their wife. You'd think that the men trying to complete this competition would just be on a hunt to find the smallest wife they could get their hands on. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the wife who's lost the most amount of neck weight so that she just has a lot of extra skin flapping around there. Yeah. And, you know, it's also one of the preferred grips because one of the rules of the sport is that you can't inform your wife that you've registered. So they usually are quite agitated. But by grabbing them by the scruff, it actually activates an instinct that calms them. Oh, man. That... I mean, like, it's not cool, but it would be funny. Um, (laughs) And plus, talk about sportsmanship. If the person you're carrying wants to be carried, you're really not having to try. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. What Ryland did forget to mention is that it's a little bit like Mario Kart Double Dash, and your wife is allowed a backpack (laughs) or a fanny pack full of projectiles that she can throw at the other wives. And if those husbands drop their wives, they are disqualified immediately. So they've got fanny packs full of shells, bananas, tongue lube, just anything to get them to loosen that grip. Mm -hmm. Just make sure that you have a good relationship with your wife if you get in first place, because... Once you get in first place, if she decides to shoot that blue shell out, (laughs) kamikaze blue shell maneuver right before you get to the finish line. I mean, she doesn't want to be there, so why not? If she does, maybe it's time for couples counseling. (gasps) Yeah, that's true. Okay, how about this next one, guys? So we're talking about blue shells. You know where you find shells? You find them in the water. And what else is in the water? (laughs) Crocodiles, okay? How about we bungee dump into a water that has crocodiles in it? Because people in Australia were like, Oi, mate, so I was thinking about it. And... I like jumping with a rubber band around my feet, but actually what would be better about it is if I jump and then then down there, when I'm down at the bottom of the the rubber band, then a crocodile snaps at my head. I think that would make it better. Uh, And so then they decided to go do it. And they actually do this. It's why? Because they dumb? Because they dumb. Here's the thing, Ryland, is bungee jumping is basically just failing at diving. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Like, if they dove off of the cliff into a pool full of crocodiles and alligators, that would be extreme. But they're not even capable of diving. They get to the bottom and they shoot back up like they have no idea what they're doing. Cam is doing something once extreme or doing it five times in succession extreme because you jump off a cliff with a rubber band around your ankles you're 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 going to the bottom and then you're going right back up and then you're going right back down and you're going right back up and you're the yo-yo of people okay so i think that sounds pretty extreme i know those guys at my elementary school were hot so extreme sorry you're wrong Evil Knievel didn't need to jump over those buses more than one time to break every bone in his body. Okay, he could get it done in one swift movement. That's extreme. He had a rubber band tied to his motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) 
he jumped over those cars, landed, and then went right back. He gets pulled back off of the motorcycle. He's pulled and lands onto another motorcycle in movement and takes him over the rail. Midair, he snapped back to another motorcycle that's already running. This sounds incredible. I when is evil this. gonna this invite me out to Olive Garden? He's gonna get special braces put on his molars, <laughs> tie a rubber band between the two of them, oh. then pull that up over his tongue, lube it up real good, <laughs> shove that tongue into my mouth, then flew. He goes back into his mouth, and back into my mouth, back into his mouth. I thought, I thought, where you were going is he has that rubber band at the back of his mouth. He eats a breadstick. Oh, it's right back out of his mouth. And then he puts it back into his mouth and the rubber band shoots it right back out. And he's eating it back and forth. It's games extreme. Extreme breadstick maker outing. Okay, so this next one, you think that's extreme. How about train surfing? Okay, so this is very dangerous. And one man, the mysterious train rider, uh, he rode... He rode on top of the Inner City Express in Germany, which can go up to 330 kilometers an hour. Can I have that in square feet, please? Okay, square feet. 330 in square feet is 330 square feet. (laughs) Per hour? (laughs) Per hour. I hate this. I hate this math section. Continue. (laughs) And after he did this, uh, 40 teenagers died. (laughs) (laughs) like just in the world or was it related (laughs) no 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 lupus no Um. they were trying to imitate him (gasps) so jerry's kids they saw him do this and then like one after another they kept trying to do it and they kept dying it was like the ring of train riding do we think that's what's gonna happen when all of our adoring fans hear about Rylan talking on the radio about how he eats mustard sandwiches and then they're going to do it and meet an untimely demise. Oh, yeah, no. Ryland, before you say fucked up things like I ate a sandwich made of nothing but mustard, you just think about the effect it has on the kids. On the teens listening to this. Wait, so is train surfing what I think it is, which is standing on a top of a moving train right yes hmm. yes it is i like those jimmy bond movies where he's doing some train surfing and then uh-oh uh-oh coming around the mountain there's a tunnel and he has to drop down on his tummy before he gets decapitated those are cool tummy time tummy time that's what he says before they go in the tunnel he's like jimmy it's tummy time and he's like fighting with the guy and then he goes wait Tummy time. And they do tummy time. <laughs> That's so cute. Uh, but you know what James Bond hasn't done? Maybe he has, and I just haven't seen this movie. Has he walked on the top of a moving airplane? No, that's yes, not a absolutely. thing. Yes, absolutely. That is a thing. It's called wing walking. Okay, you ever heard of it? Oh, no. Wing walking is it's a real life sport where people are on top of moving planes flying through the air and they're walking on the wings. They can do handstands. They hang by their teeth. I don't what? know how you do that. <laughs> Just like the, <laughs> that, that wife carrying competition. And they have done tricks like doing plane to plane transfer. So like, Oh boy. Yeah. Ryland, if most of the recorded material of your extreme sports is done by flapper girls in black and white film, I really don't think it's extreme anymore. <laughs> Wing walking is like the oldest stunt in the world. Mm. Uh, yeah, Cam, uh, just because something's old 
doesn't mean it's not extreme okay you ever hear of um i don't know the plague pretty extreme am i right that extreme (laughs) i haven't seen that section at the x games just a bunch of hospital beds and you see who can go the fastest wait flapper girls are what are wing walking this summer cam is talking about back in the day they used to make these fake cartoon movies where (gasps) flappers would walk on airplanes and they weren't real through the tricks of visual editing nowadays people do it in real life okay and it's pretty crazy it is like the oldest airplane show stunt of all time it is if 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 airplanes were magicians you'd be sawing a lady in half okay that is a hard metaphor cam you know when they first invented dirt bikes yes it was by dirtondius bicycles ancient (laughs) room yes in 1218 okay and dirt bikes are one of the most extreme bikes i've ever known And you're going to say just because it's old, it's not good. Get out of here, Cam. I don't like this attitude. (laughs) It's it's not just the oldness. It's how... uh, It's just... I mean, look at... Come on, Ryland. Ryland. I'm coming on Ryland, okay? No, thank you. uh, (laughs) If I was to do wing walking am i allowed to dress up as a flapper girl to do it because that part's really appealing to me yes you're, you're actually not allowed to dress any other way it's such an old thing and everyone is into it is so stuck in their old ways that they really don't let you do it without putting a flapper dress on this is my last extreme sport and it does have old roots okay so if you're gonna give me shit for that then i guess pile it on because i'm ready but i'm still right okay so back in the day <laughs> It used to be illegal to, uh, and it kind of still is in certain states, but it was illegal to own ferrets. What? Okay. And so what people would do, they, I mean, people back in the day would use ferrets for hunting and oh. it, so they made a law where only wealthy people could use ferrets. And if you couldn't afford to pay whatever, then you weren't allowed to use a ferret. Mm. And so the people with what less game, money, Ryland. Hey, Ryland, what game? What are you hunting with the ferrets, Ryland? Uh, uh, mice? You're hunting mice? Okay, I don't fucking know. Do I look like a biologist over here? I just love the image of this guy. He's in his study, his very fancy oak and leather study, and he's showing everybody all his hunting prizes, just all these mouse heads on blackbirds. No, oh, yes, we took this one in Africa, put up a real fight. And so what these hunters would have to do when when the when the popo would come around, they would hide they would hide the ferrets in their pants. And this has turned into it started off as this as just, oh, let's hide ferrets in our pants to hide them from the police. But it turned into an extreme sport called ferret legging where you just you put a pair of ferrets down your pants (sighs) and you see how long you can last. Okay, there are some rules. So obviously you tie your pants. How long how long you last until you (laughs) orgasm? So they eat through your legs. Till you tap out, whichever way. Either you've had an orgasm or you have no legs, whatever way you want to do it, okay? But you, so you tie your pants closed at the legs, you wear a belt, (gasps) and you put two ferrets down in your pants, and you can't be drunk or drugged, neither can the ferrets. (laughs) 
stipulation? Because <laughs> you could have like two calm of a ferret because it drank a couple martinis before it got in there. <laughs> okay. You have to have that ferret. Both the ferrets have to have a full set of teeth. Those uh. teeth can't be like blunted or anything. They have to be as sharp as they were born. Uh. Okay. And you are not allowed to wear underwear. <laughs> oh, no. Mm-hmm. Roland, I got to say... I've been giving you a lot of guff this this episode, and this season, really. I got to apologize because you've really taught me a lot. Because I used to think that what Michael Vick did was wrong, <laughs> but he was just doing an extreme sport. It's not animal abuse. It's like riding a skateboard. It's just being extreme. <laughs> Cam, putting a ferret down your pants is a little bit different than making a an animal fight another animal. They don't have to fight each other. They're just going to bite your penis. Okay, okay. Ryland is the thing. <laughs> that is abuse. All right. Because I'm just putting myself in the ferret's pants. All right. And I would not want to be shoved into your pants, especially when you're not wearing underwear. That's like having guests over to your house and not picking up. Like, come on. Kim, you think ferrets think how you think? Ferrets don't think of pants as pants. They're just like, oh, look at this little climby hole I'm going to climb down into. I love tubes. I'm going to climb down this tube, climb up that tube. And that's why they start scratching and biting. Because <laughs> they're, oh, this is great and I'm happy and that's why I'm going to get violent. Well, no, they scratch naturally because they just have naturally claws. They have naturally scratch claws. Natch. And then they climb up to the crotch and they say, oh, look, here's a grub I can eat. Oh, and they bite yuck. off. And that's what you're really enduring here. It's not It's not a hate bite. It's a mm, yum yum. <laughs> I'm going to bite this thing. <laughs> the record is five and a half hours. That's how long a man has lasted having a ferret chew on his penis. Oh, that is a there long circumcision <laughs> procedure. Oh, yeah. I had a long circumcision, too, and now I'm left pretty short. You know what I'm saying? Nope. Nope. Uh, Based on that story, you did it wrong. Yeah. I've done this before. No. Dylan. Miss Moret at Cotton Creek Elementary School in Westminster, Colorado. No. Had a mobile home classroom. You guys remember those? Those little classrooms that they decided to put out in the field. And in her mobile home classroom, we had a little ferret. And we would be working on work and she'd say, all right, it's ferret time. And then she'd just go over to the cage and she'd whip that baby out and she'd let it roam free around the classroom. And you know what it loved to do? Go up your pants. It was the first thing it wanted to do. Not like I'm going to scavenge for food. I'm going to find a nice couch to hide behind. It was like, where are the pants specifically Dylan's pants? And I've had ferrets up my pants on multiple occasions and I never last more than the good old rodeo eight. Just eight <laughs> ferret feeling seconds. Thank God I was still wearing my tidy whities or else I wouldn't be standing here today. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. All right. Well that that's my last uh, extreme sport. That's all I've got for you guys. I know it was the best one. I finished on a doozy. It was a doozy and I can't believe that i've done the most extreme sport i would say of all the ones that you listed just now yeah everybody gives me shit for being so extreme but really dylan is the most extreme of us all and don't you forget it when was the last time 
When was the last time someone was giving you shit for being too extreme, Rylan? Like seven <gasps> minutes ago. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe you eat a mustard sandwich. You're I so can't. extreme. <laughs> the extremity of you eating a mustard sandwich is how unextreme it is. Okay. You say yin, I say yang, bro. Oh my god. And then you say, and there's two little dots in there. You notice two those dots? Little dots. <laughs> This is Life Pile Podcast, the only podcast that hides from the police in your pants. We want to thank ferrets for helping us hunt. We want to thank the police for inventing extreme ferreting. We want to thank Scott Davis for making the music for this and all our episodes. If you guys out there in Radio Land have enjoyed listening to these three chuckleheads having a conversation with each other, then log on to the internet where there are myriad social websites where we have accounts on and you can participate in them and like and comment and subscribe and friend and post photos on our wall. Don't do that. Don't post anything on our wall. Thank you. Life Pile Show is our handle on most things. If you do want to email us fan art of Dylan having a ferret crawl up his pants, mm. uh, you can do that at lifepileshow at gmail.com. Just make sure you draw me as Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be sure to support and thank you for your support and thanks of us while we live this lifestyling lifestyle. If you want to support us, you can come see us this week. If you want to catch me this week, I will be in a glass mustard house defending a secret prize from power-hungry men in elite places who are hunting me with ferrets. But I won't give them the secret. I won't let that peel slip. Wink, wink. <laughs> Ahoy, mateys. If you want to catch me this week, you can find me sailing the guppy across the Sea of Milk over to Crunch Island, where I'm going to stake my claim on Mount Crunchmore. I'm a serial imperialist, baby. An imperialist. Wow. That was great. Wow. You should put that in a rap song. Oh, I will. If you want to find me, I'm going to be Mission Impossibling my way into the museum that holds the last sacred can of Mountain Dew Horde Red. And I'm going to get that baby and chug it all down. I don't care if it is 12 years old now. Wash down that mustard sandwich. Yum, 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 yum. This is Life Pile. Light your life on fire. (laughs) 